Glad you're here today. What we're doing the month of December is looking at some Old Testament verses or prophecies regarding Jesus Christ and his incarnation. That is, Jesus coming in Bethlehem as a baby. The verse I want to look at today is Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14. Isaiah has numerous prophecies about the coming Messiah. This is one of the first ones, Isaiah 7, verse number 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And we're going to find out in a moment, Emmanuel means God with us. Lord, thank you for being with us today. We love you and we praise you, we exalt you. I pray, dear Lord, that we would recognize both in our head and in our heart that you are Emmanuel. You are with us. Give us strength for the, the day. I pray, dear Lord, if, if anyone in this room is away from you, that today they would come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. Lord, strengthen us and teach us from your word. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Again, this month of December, I, I want to show you some Old Testament verses that talk about Jesus. Because this month, I want you to discover Jesus. Jesus is really found all through the Bible. He shows up in the book of Genesis, is throughout the Old Testament, and then comes in the flesh in the New Testament. You could say Jesus is everywhere. And you know what? You would be right if you said that. Jesus is everywhere. He is even here today to help you deal with the struggles that you have in life. Why? Because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. There are many names that are given to the second person of the Trinity. And these names tell us what God had in mind when he sent his son to planet earth. For instance, Joseph is told in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua. We learned that last week. It literally means Jehovah is salvation. And Jesus Christ would accomplish that very thing. He will save his people from their sins. And that is something that God is up to in the world today. That is something God wants to do for every man, woman, boy, and girl. God wants to save you. And so he sent us Jesus, who would save his people from their sins. But just a couple of verses later in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we see another name that was given to Christ. It is this special name, Emmanuel. Now this verse, Matthew 1, 23, is a direct quotation from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. A prophecy that was ultimately fulfilled in the coming of Jesus Christ. And here is something else that God is up to in the life of every human being. God wants to be with us. That's why he prophesied in Isaiah 7, 14, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Matthew reminds us in Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is 
God with us. Why? Because God wants to be with us. You need to hear that today. God wants to be near you. He created you so that you could have a relationship with Him. That's why Jesus came in the incarnation. He wanted to be with you. Now that's pretty special. That God wants to have a relationship with you. In fact, you could say that the central message running throughout the Bible is, I will be with you. It's what God says to us. I will be with you. Before sin entered the human experience, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden. Why? Because he wanted to be with them. And so he walked with them. Go back in the Old Testament and read the stories of the great heroes of faith, men and women of the Bible who walked with God. And sometimes I think we have a misconception about that. We think they walked with God because they were superhuman. They were these extraordinary people who had this awesome relationship with God. And so because of that, they walked with God. Is that the case? Well, not really. They were just men and women like you and me, dealing with all the frailties that we have to deal with. So really, God chose them. Why? Because he wanted to have a relationship with them. For example, great leaders like Joshua. Joshua 1.9, he says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think King David knew that truth when he penned Psalms 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. You're Emmanuel, God with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God did this for the nation of Israel through the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. He also gave them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. All of it were post-it notes to remind his people, I am with you and I will be with you. Now all of that is powerfully real, but God had even a greater demonstration of his desire and design to be with us. And it was manifested in the incarnation when God became a man. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born to a virgin girl by the name of Mary. And that's what the gospel tells us here in Matthew 1, 22 and 23. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated is God with us. And that was the promise that Jesus is coming. God is saying to the world, I'm sending my son to be with you. And there was a promise when 33 years later, Jesus departed this earth to return to the right hand of God the Father. And here is what he said to his disciples, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Surely I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Now guys, that's awesome. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to leave you hanging out there. To do life on your own. I may be going, but I am going to be with you. And one day, when God has closed the curtain of history and has made all things new in his kingdom, 
the redeemed of God shall stand before God in the glory of heaven. And Revelation 21, 3 tells us about this. John says, I heard a loud voice from the throne of God saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and God will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and God will be their God. So here's the deal. He's with us right now. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Through his Holy Spirit, he is here today. We can count on that. He's with us. But he's never going to leave us. Nor will he forsake us. Because when we get to heaven, we will be with him and see him face to face. Now here's the good news, guys. Get this. God is near. God is near. God is here. And he is not just near when we're fun to be with. Because there are some days, and no comment from the first row people over here, there are some days I'm not fun to be with. Do you have people in your life, when you see them coming, you kind of turn and go the other way? Because they're not fun to be around? Anybody like that in your life? Let me see your hand if you've got somebody in your life. Shame on you for feeling that way about... No. You know, I think we all do because sometimes we're all that way. Sometimes we're not fun to be with. But God is not that way towards us. God wants to be with us all the time. He is near And you can count on him all the time. When things are going great, yes, he's there. But you know what? When life takes a reverse and it's going bad, he's still there. God is there when you're feeling great and on the mountaintop. But God God is also there when you're down in the valley and you really feel bad. You know what? Specifically, this morning, I want you to see how God is near us in the struggles of life. God is with us in the battles that we face. God is with us in the pain that we experience in real life. And maybe you're here today and you are facing a battle. You are facing a struggle. Maybe it's a battle with cancer. Could be it's a battle with depression or a battle with loneliness or a battle with bitterness. Or maybe it's just a battle with yourself. But you're facing a real struggle in life. Nothing reassures us more in the midst of our struggles like the knowledge of God's presence through Jesus Christ. So today my word for you is Emmanuel. God is with you. Point number one, this is a fact we need to understand. The fact of the presence of God in struggles. Or let me put it like this, God is with me in my struggles. I need to know that in my brain. I need to logically be able to reason that out. No matter what I face in life, I need to know mentally that God is with me. You need to know that when you fight battles, you're not fighting those battles alone. God has promised to be with you and not only fight those battles with you, but fight those battles for you. In fact, This is the message behind the original Emmanuel prophecy in Isaiah 7, 14. Jesus' virgin birth was predicted through that prophet Isaiah. In fact, Matthew affirms in Matthew 1, 22, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 14. You need to see the connection 
between the original setting of this prophecy and its perfect fulfillment through the birth of Jesus Christ. It was a time of struggle and battle for God's people in Isaiah chapter 7. In fact, the context of Isaiah chapter 7 is the reign of King Ahaz in Judah. He was likely the most wicked king Judah ever had. He was a horrible king. He filled Jerusalem with pagan idols. He reinstated the worship to the god Molech. He even took his own sons and sacrificed them to that false god. Judah came under attack from two allied powers, threatening the people of God and the royal bloodline of King David. But instead of turning to God for help, King Ahaz secretly surrendered his kingdom and the people of God to the evil king of Assyria. At that time, God sent Isaiah the prophet to confront King Ahaz for his foolishness in seeking security of Assyria rather than trusting in the God of Israel. Isaiah told him that God said all of these enemies would not prevail against Judah. In, in fact, the message of Isaiah was this, don't trust Assyria, trust God. You know, I could jettison that to today and tell you, guys, listen to me, don't trust anything in this world. Don't trust the arm of flesh. Don't trust your government, don't trust your leaders. You trust God. Put your trust in God. But Ahaz ignored Isaiah. He took steps to deepen the relationship and the dependence on the king of Assyria. He went so far as to take the sacred items of worship out of the temple and send them to the king of Assyria. So Isaiah came back a second time to confront King Ahaz and to prophesy that God would deliver his people from these attacking kings. Again, Ahaz refused to listen. And then Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, spoke these prophetic words in Isaiah 7, 14, our key verse. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So Isaiah prophesied about this child who was to be given the name Emmanuel. And in some way that would relate to the nation's deliverance. Now I believe, and, and you know, I'm just a preacher, okay, but here's what I believe. I believe there is a dual fulfillment to this prophecy. The first fulfillment actually came in the days of King Ahaz. There was a direct fulfillment of this prophecy. The very next chapter, chapter 8, verse 10 says, Go ahead and devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand, for God is with us. Now, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah 7, 14. You see, the prophecy meant that no one no person, no king, no nation would be able to destroy the people of God or detain the purposes of God. Let me put it like this. You can't stop God. You can't get God off track. You can't stop the divine plan of God. 
These invading kings would not overthrow the eternal purposes of God for his people. God intended to preserve the royal line of David and produce a savior for all mankind. So no one was going to destroy God's plan. Go ahead, God's saying, go ahead and make your plans. Go ahead and do your best. But you're not going to win. Why? Because I am with my people. I am Emmanuel. I am God near. Centuries later, the Holy Spirit led Matthew. The same Holy Spirit led Matthew who led Isaiah to quote Isaiah 7.14 as a statement that was also true of a virgin birth. This is the first of many prophecies spoken by the lips of Isaiah. The birth of Jesus Christ signaled God's desire and God's design to be with us. Even in our struggles. Again, correlate this. God originally spoke this prophecy to a group of people who were undergoing a great battle in their own life. Their struggle was real. Two enemy forces were up against them. Their backs were against the wall. They had no hope. Even their earthly leader had reneged on God and them and was leaving them out to dry. What were they to do? God says, you don't worry. I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. Okay. And then that prophecy is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In our struggles, in our battles, God is with us. Why? Because he is Emmanuel. No matter what you face in life, God's with you. No matter what struggle you face, God is with you. And guys, this is something you need to get in your head. It is a fact that we need to establish in our brains. Usually, here's what happens. Usually when our life crumbles and falls apart, cosmos becomes chaos, and our world unravels, we don't think straight, do we? We, we go on just emotions or feelings, and sometimes we make poor decisions because we're just going off of our feelings. When your life starts to unravel and you're facing a giant, you need to think straight. And so with your mind, you need to know, you know what, even in these dark hours, God is with me. He's promised to never leave me nor forsake me. He is God Emmanuel. He's brought me out of the pit before. He can do it again. God is with me in my struggles. That's a fact. But number two, God is with me in my struggles as a force. He is the power in my life. It's one thing to know in my head that God is with me. It is quite another thing to experience that force, that power, the reality of God working through me and in me, counting on it every single day that I live. It's amazing. It's amazing. When, when I face difficulties that I don't have the answer for nor the strength for, it is amazing to watch God work in and through me. It is a divine force and power working in my life. Here, here's the deal. God personally stepped into our human experience when Jesus was born in Bethlehem's major. 
He was born to a virgin girl by the name of Mary. And that was real. That really happened. Mary really was a virgin. Jesus really was born. It was real. And you need to know that God's presence is as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. Jesus only lived for 33 years. After he died on the cross, he was raised to life. And after he ascended back into heaven to sit at the Father's right hand, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and to be in us and to represent God the Father and God the Son in our lives. And the presence of Jesus is just as real in this room today as he was 2,000 years ago walking on the streets of Nazareth. He's here today. He's here. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And that reality gives us power that we can count on when life gets tough. There's an illustration of this in the Old Testament. God is preparing his people, Israel, to enter into the promised land. He knew that they were going to face enemy after enemy and fight battle after battle. And so he gives them a promise. Here's the promise, Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, don't freak out. It's not what the Bible said. I'm just adding that as a parenthesis there. But that's basically what he's saying. Because they were going to see some things they had never seen before. They were going to see armies that would freak them out with horses and chariots. Israelites didn't have any of that stuff. They would have real weapons. Israel was very limited on their supply of weapons. And if you saw a vast army coming against you that was trained and you were untrained, you know what? You could freak out. He's saying don't do that. Here's what he says literally. Do not be afraid of them. Why? Because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt is going to be with you. Wow! Man, y'all are hard to impress, aren't you? I'm sure it did something to them. I'm sure this is a great motivational speak to them. And that little phrase in there, the God who brought you up out of Egypt, just remember him. When you face these vast armies, remember what God has done in the past. Remember the plagues that he sent to Pharaoh and the inhabitants of Egypt to set you free? Remember all those great miracles that he did? This is the same God. Remember when you faced the Red Sea and you couldn't get across and Pharaoh and his army was behind you wanting to slay you and kill you? Remember what God did then? He parted the sea and let you walk across on dry land and then he cremated those Egyptians. That's the God with you. Remember in the desert what he did for you. Every day he gave you manna. He supplied your needs. He led you through that pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. It's the same God. He's done it in the past. He's going to do it again. Verse 2. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Here it is. Do not be faint-hearted. Or afraid, do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God 
is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Win one for the... No. <laughs> what a great motivational... Look at me. That right there is a game changer. It's a game changer. God is going to do it for you. God is with you. Now, I don't know what that knowledge does for you, but here's what it does for me. Number one, it gives me courage. To know that God is with me, it gives me courage. The promise was made before the battle to assure them that whatever the enemy, God would be with them in the right here and now, just like he was in the past. He says that in verses 1 and 3. The God who delivered you from Egypt, he's going to be with you. I'm going to fight the battles for you. Well, come on. Bring it on, man. Come on, come on devil. I don't, again, I don't know what it does for you, but it gives me great courage. And what assurance. To know, no matter what snare Satan has set for me this afternoon or tomorrow, you know what? It's going to be okay. Because I have knowledge in my brain, God is with me. And I feel the force of the power of God in my life. The devil can't beat God. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So bring it on, devil. Emmanuel is on my side. Really, that is a theme that runs throughout the word of God. Psalm 41 verse 10 so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. I have a mental picture of the Apostle Paul. I really didn't think Paul was afraid of anything. But there must have been a time when fear entered Paul's life. Because listen to Acts 18 verse 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and said, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack you or harm you. Church, listen, you can have courage to face whatever the world throws at you today, tomorrow, next week, because God is with you. That force flows through your life. But there's more to this force and this power that God brings to my life during difficult days and struggles. Not only does he give me courage, but number two, he gives me confidence. This force gives me confidence. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you. I want you to see that. To fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. God is for me. God's for me. God is with me. God is in me. And so when I face these battles in life, I'm not solo on my own. God's with me. What confidence that gives. So today, church, listen to me. I want you to discover Emmanuel. God with you. Emmanuel. God in you. Dallas Willard tells in his book, Hearing God, the story of a little boy whose mama died. Just, it's an accident and she just passed away and really devastated this little kid. Just him and his dad left and, and he was really struggling. 
He couldn't sleep at night. And pretty quick his dad found out the only way the son was going to sleep is if he was in the bed with his dad. And so every night he would go get in bed with his dad and they'd say their prayers together and they'd turn off the light. But, but even that wouldn't settle this little guy down. Because every night after the light was turned out, he would say to his dad, Daddy, is your face turned toward me? And the daddy, if he wasn't, he would turn towards his son and say, Yes, son, my face is turned towards you. And with that, the little fellow could go to sleep. I don't know, I, th I think in a, in a bigger kind of way, deep down inside all of us as human beings, we need to know that God's face is turned towards us. Because he made us. We were made in his image. And you need to know today that God's face is turned towards you. God loves you so much that he sent his son to this world just so he could have a relationship with you. That's awesome.